0: It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Qs podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football.
1: Today on the Juice on the Qs podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a great week in Syracuse football recruiting and a look ahead to the 2015 season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Steve Auger, and our guest today is Syracuse.com, Stephen Bailey. Stephen, welcome back to the program.
2: Well, thanks for having me on, Wes. I always appreciate it.
1: Yeah, Steve, I want to get you started on this one. Three star athlete Mo Neal committing to Syracuse over the weekend. What kind of player is Syracuse getting in Neal?
2: Well, I think the, the first thing, at least when I think about Mo, and you, you watch this film, is someone who's very comfortable with the ball in his hands. You can watch as he changes directions, he uses his feet and his hips very well. Um, and from Syracuse's perspective, he's used to lining up in different places. And that's really going to be the key for him. Uh, He's being recruited for the hybrid back position, which is a new position in Tim Lester's offense, the Syracuse offensive coordinator. So he'll line up on the wing, in the backfield, in the slot, and even as an inline tight end sometimes. Uh, So Mo is, uh, he's very, very experienced lining up in the slot and running downfield routes. Uh, He's also taking traditional carries uh, backfield. He's taking jet sweeps. Um, So he's done kind of some of those, that's really, really what Syracuse likes. And, um, you know, this is, this is Tim Lester's first year recruiting the position for Syracuse, and he's definitely got one of the guys he really liked in uh, Neal. In we'll see him probably make an immediate impact when he arrives uh, in January for spring practice.
1: Now, one of the things that you wrote about after the commitment was Neal's relationship with 2016 defensive tackle Christian Colon. He's currently committed to Penn State. How realistic a possibility is it that Syracuse could possibly flip a guy like Cologne?
2: Christian Colonna is definitely kind of a name to watch for Syracuse, uh, as you know, it rounds out this 2016 class. Uh, he's been friends with Mo Neal and Robert Washington, a Syracuse running back commit, um, since before high school. Um, they've talked about playing together, but um, Christian, I haven't heard from Christian since Mo said that you know he's he's still going to try and flip him towards Syracuse. Uh, to me, the the most interesting thing about it is is that Mo said James Franklin, Penn State, uh, you know, would pull. Christian's offer if he takes a visit to another school so I think that'll kind of be the telltale sign if you see Christian setting up visits to other schools and if he's coming to visit Syracuse in particular you know it's more than just a hey I want to take a look it's I'm interested um, and he kind of would probably know the magnitude of, of a decision like that so you know what are the chances I don't really know if you can place a number on it but he's definitely someone to keep an eye on as Syracuse fills out the last few spots in his class and I really think one of them has to be a defensive tackle since uh, since they don't have any yet in the 2016 class.
1: And you talk about filling out the rest of that class. Uh, is there anyone else besides Christian Colon that we should really keep an eye for?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I think just kind of looking at the numbers, there'll be probably three more guys in the class, maybe four. And so it's always kind of hard to tell with attrition. And the key for Syracuse with 2016 will we'll be staying under the 85-player cap on its overall roster. Uh, Eric Burrell is a four-star safety out of Maryland. He was really impressed on kind of an unofficial visit that he crammed between a Rutgers and D.C. trip uh, a couple months back, and he really liked Syracuse. I think we'll see him take an official visit. Um, that's someone who they'll be waiting on. Uh, there are a couple other defensive backs who are kind of floating around there. It's Kobe Birch is uh, another defensive back from Florida, and, uh, and Devin Clark uh, is also a defensive back from Florida. Uh, Burrell's from Maryland. Excuse me, those, those two other two guys are from Florida. So I think those might be kind of on the back burner for Syracuse. If I the not um, but I definitely think we'll see another defensive back. Uh, I think another defensive tackle, uh, if not Cologne, Bo Peak is another name to watch. Um, he's a defensive tackle from the Tampa area, currently committed to Stanford. Um, as the longtime Syracuse fans know, uh, SU has benefited from, from Stanford's uh, uh, high-grade requirements um, in the past, Jared West. Uh, was going to go to Stanford, but he, you know, academically, obviously Stanford's a very tough place to get into. He kind of fell to Syracuse. But maybe we'll see a similar situation with Bo. Um, And the interesting thing about him is that he's transferring to Plant High School in Tampa, where Syracuse commits Rex Culpepper and Scoop Scoop Bradshaw already play. Um, So he'll probably have a couple Syracuse guys in his ear. And, you know, Bo Bo would be a pretty big pickup late in the cycle for Syracuse. So I'll say those are the guys kind of now, I think, we'll see a safety. I think we'll see a defensive tackle, and then it may just kind of be a, be a best available. You know, Donald Stewart's a wide receiver from New Jersey who Syracuse is trying to get in on. You know, he's got offers from Michigan and Stanford. Those are kind of the two schools it seems like he likes a lot. It um, just always kind of seems, you know, there's still so much time until sign day. A couple of names will pop up. You know, last year it was a guy like Stephen Clark, uh, who, who was a defensive tackle out in Alabama, um, who suddenly blew up, and, you know, even after he came to Syracuse, Florida, I wanted to take a look at him in Vanderbilt. Um, so... Those are the names that I would kind of keep an eye on now, but it is kind of crazy how quickly Syracuse's class is filling up.
1: Well, let's move on to the actual football season ahead of us now. And you mentioned Tim Lester before on the recruiting end, but obviously now he's got to step on the field and be the offensive coordinator for the first time as a, a full season. How quickly is the team taking to his new offensive philosophy?
2: Well, I think that's the biggest question, kind of heading into preseason camp, you know, it, Everyone's saying the right things, um, but you know, when, when you cover college sports, you kind of quickly learn that that happens heading into every year. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I think Ken Lester's a sharp guy. I think you know the the blocking schemes and the West Coast passing concepts and uh, the, the culture of kind of open communication. He's preaching. I think they're all good things. You know, I think he connects well with players. I know you know he's worked with the quarterbacks the last couple of years. They all love him. Um, you know, he believes in statistics, you know, he believes numbers back things up. If you look at the right ones, um, I think he's, he's got definitely got a good head on his shoulders. The question to me is, will he kind of have a a talented and healthy enough group to perform, you know, the task that he's asking? Uh, so many guys in that unit have had serious injuries, you know, starting with Toronto, fractured his fibula five games in the last year. You've got three redshirt seniors on the offensive line. All of them have had serious injuries, uh, you know, they don't return a wide receiver who has more than 400 career receiving yards, so he's uh, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of questions to deal with. And Ashton Broyles, you know, their one of their their hybrid backs was just dismissed from the team last week, so he's certainly got uh, a lot to deal with there. Um, but I, I like the ideas he has, and the early season schedule is manageable. Um, so if he can get some of those young players producing well early, and they can avoid kind of a big injury or a couple smaller injuries, and in a preseason camp and get the season rolling well you know i do think it's possible that um you know the players get into a groove with this system and they can string a few wins together
1: now let's move from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball a ton of turnover on defense uh, I remember Chris Carlson writing an article a little while back just demonstrating how much attrition there's been from last year's team. What's uh, Give me a name of someone who really isn't on anyone's radar right now, but we will be talking about at the end of the season on that defensive side of the ball.
2: Sure. You know, the name I'm going to go with is, is Antoine Cordy, and he may be on a couple of people's radar. He's kind of starting to be one of the names that just pops up when you talk to guys on the team, um, but he is a sophomore. Played cornerback last season and was moved to strong safety in the spring. And when I talked to, uh, to Scott Schaefer at ACC Media Day, he just raved about Cordy. And, and Scott's uh, a defensive backs guy, you know, back at Northern Illinois, you know, coming up through the coaching ranks. Uh, even when he played quarterback in college, he, uh, he was always a DB's guy. Um, and he thinks Cordy's got excellent instincts, you know, the kind of guy who just sees the field, sees how a play is going to break, uh, and reacts. You know, the, the kind of learning curve that a lot of young guys take. We need to walk him through everything Cordy went through pretty quickly. Um, you know, he's got great speed. Uh, and, <laughs> I mean, there's there's really no one else at the position right now uh, with Rodney Williams and Chauncey Sivan working at free safety. So I, I think we could see that. And, you know, <laughs> the way Chuck Buller runs his defense, with a lot of pressures and kind of daring teams to beat him over the top, Antoine Cordy will be a very, very important player. And you're kind of minimizing... Uh, the amount of big plays that, that SU gives up. Um, so he'll be an important player, and I wouldn't be surprised if you really impressed uh, some folks, especially early in the season.
1: And, Stephen, we'll get you out of here on this one. Syracuse picked at the bottom of the ACC by most publications, but what do you think about the possibility of six wins in a bowl game? Is that on the? Is that in the realm of possibilities?
2: Well, it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. If you just kind of look at how top-heavy the ACC is, I mean, there are three games in the schedule that I would be genuinely shocked if they won. If they beat Florida State, Clemson, or Louisville, I would be pretty shocked. Um, not totally impossible, but it, it, you really just kind of look at the schedule and, you know, any team does. You try and see how can you get the six wins. Um, and the, the early season flight helps. Rhode Island is a, a bad FCS team. This is not Villanova from last year. Um, you know, that's a very winnable game. Central Michigan and South Florida, sure, people probably be favored to win. You know, even Wake Forest, they might be slightly favored to win. Um, and you get games like Virginia, uh, Boston College, Pittsburgh. You know, these these are, are all winnable games for a healthy team that is, is playing reasonably well. Um, and I think health will be the key there. You know, if you can get to a 3-1 and start, it's fantastic. That LSU game... <laughs> yeah. Showing in but it's it's going to be a tough one so if you win the games you're supposed to win and you can win those coin flips six wins is possible i think it's unlikely Uh, i think they really need to stay healthy and just knowing kind of the injuries the guys have had in the past and and kind of the the depth they have at almost every position on offense i'm hesitant uh to say that they're going to win six games i I think four four is the number i've been putting out but um you know (laughs) A couple plays one way or the other, you know, an injury that doesn't happen, that could be two wins in a season, especially, you know, like I said, after you get past those top teams in the ACC, anything can kind of happen.
1: Steven, thanks so much for coming back on the program. It's always a pleasure to read your articles on Syracuse.com. Enjoy the season. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Anytime, Wes. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Great stuff from our friend Stephen Bailey. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online senior columnist, Steve Auger. Steve, how are you?
3: Good, Wes. How are you doing?
1: Good. Uh stay trying to stay cool on, on uh August day. And Steve, you know, first off, welcome to the podcast for the first time and let's get right to it. Robert Washington, Rex Culpepper, Jamal Holloway, and now M'Neal. I you know, when is the last time that Syracuse got this many victories in a row in football recruiting?
3: Uh well, you know, you probably have to go back to I I'd, I'd say the days of uh, George J. Leone you know, owning New Jersey like he uh you know, like he founded the state. Um <laughs> You know, but in, in recent memory, um, you know, if, if you look back uh, you know, just last June, um, Syracuse got 13 verbals in the month of June alone, nine of them signed. Uh, kind of the highlights of, of all those verbals in that month were uh, Marquise Blair and Dante Strickland. And then if you go back to 2014, um, uh, right before signing day and right on signing day, you had Ishmael and Ward sign. Um, it, you know, but in terms of, uh, you know, a, a bunch of difference makers or, or at least, you know, what, what appears to be difference makers committing, you know, I don't think the football program has seen this in some time.
1: And, you know, I what I really like about our conversations is you, you, you have a very good barometer, I think, which is offer lists from other schools because, you know, sometimes a Syracuse recruit – you, you get an offer from uh, Akron was a very big one or you know like a Mac team or a Sunbelt team and you know that those are fine players and some of them turn out to be very good but you look at some of the offer lists so Jamal Holloway, Rutgers, Pitt, Michigan State, West Virginia, Rex Culpepper, Miami, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Moneal the most recent commit they beat out Boston College which is a huge recruiting rival, Georgia Tech, NC State, Wake Forest, West Virginia, and, of course, all the offers that Robert Washington got from high majors. And I think that's a very good barometer. And, you know, with these four guys, Syracuse did very well for themselves.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of kind of the, the big one is Washington. And, you know, if you look at his profile on Scout and rivals, uh, I, I think on Scout he has 42 offers, and on rivals he has 40. Uh, it, you know, there's, there's very, very few of the big boys that haven't offered Washington um, you know if you go by those websites you know and and like you touched on earlier, i think the, the the big thing, which is you know hopefully a sign of of where Schaefer and his staff have have taken the level of recruits in the past few years, is it you know you know back under greg robinson, i um, mean Syracuse was you know they were fighting the the one double a schools just just <laughs> to land kids you know and that now they are you know they're beating out their you know power five schools for kids and especially. You know, in a case like Washington, you know, in a case like you know, look at Culpepper, he has, a, I think, a Florida offer and a Mississippi State offer. Um, you, know, and to pull, you know, to pull a quarterback out of the state of Florida, you know, to to get you know Washington and Moniela both from North Carolina, you know, those those aren't exactly Syracuse uh, you know hotbeds of, of recruiting.
1: You know, a wise man once said, you don't win football games in the fall without first winning recruiting battles in the spring. And I think that's, that's really what's happening here. And, you know, Steve, let's, let's buckle down and look to the season ahead of us now. You know, Stephen Bailey, who we just spoke with, uh, his, his 2015 prediction is around four wins. You know, they, you know, he's kind of saying if Syracuse gets lucky, they can parlay that possibly into five or six and make a bowl game on the outside. But what do you think about this season coming up?
3: I think what's really going to make a brick this season is, is there's four games they play at Virginia, they play at NC State, and they host Pitt and BC. Uh, out of those four games, they have to find two wins. Um, you know, I, I think BC is the most beatable. You know, because uh, you know Tyler Murphy's gone, so they're going to be breaking in another quarterback. It's in the Carrier Dome, and it's the last game of the year. So if there's any bowl eligibility riding on it, you know they're going to be even more amped up for that. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, Virginia, you know, Mike London, I, you know, he's, if they don't have a good year, he's going to be on the hot seat as well, you know, but they they could be looking at this year. If you see him on their calendar saying, that's one of our must wins. So, you know, that's going to be a competitive game. Um, you know, the, the Pittsburgh game, you know, they haven't beaten Pitt in a long time and, uh, you know, but, but that's in the dome this year. So. You know, the the NC State game. You know they lost to them last year in the dome. This year it's in NC State. You know I don't I don't have a lot of hope there. But you know out of those out of those four games, they they've got to find two wins if they want to get to six and six.
1: So Steve, prediction time. How many wins do you predict this year? Probably five.
3: But you know if if they go six and six, I won't be surprised.
1: That sounds good to me, Steve. I'm right in that bubble too. I think you know they're either going to be in that five and seven, six and six range, and if they're really lucky, and everything goes right for them, and they win all four of those games that you just mentioned, seven and five. But I think, you know, four, four wins is the baseline, five wins is probable, and six would be a really nice season. Steve, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts?
3: Well, I, I just think as the football season approaches, I, I think fans have to pump the brakes on, on if the team, you know, lines up with another, you know, 4-8 and eight record and, and things don't look good on paper. You know, I think you have to look at what Schaefer and his staff have done on the recruiting field. You know, last year and and who they're bringing in this year. And I really think you just have to be patient. You got to give him time. You know, to to stock the cupboard with his guys. You got to let Washington these guys get on campus and see what they can do. And if his recruits are as good as people think they are, uh, I think it's a matter of time before they start winning again.
1: I agree, Steve, and again, I think it's a great idea, a great rule to give five years to bring in his own recruits and his own recruiting cycle, and we'll see what happens. I really hope that this coaching staff does well, and Steve, my closing thoughts are on the basketball tournament, which wrapped up over the weekend. Overseas elite emerged from a field of 97 teams to take home $1 million, and Steve, I'd love to see Boeheim's Army win that tournament next year.
3: Oh, I, I think it would be fantastic, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I think what they lack this year is, you know, they could have used a little more shooting, you know. So, you know, Wes, my question is do you have any eligibility left?
1: <laughs> None at all. That's it for us. For Steve Auger, this is Wes Chang reminding you that I think it's interesting that Cologne rhymes with alone. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.tv and see you next time.
0: This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. Price Picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Just visit slash play 100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at slash play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. On Instacart, I can shop a huge selection of pet supplies from that one brush that scratches him just right. To that extra comfy bed, he can't wait to flop down in. And I get everything delivered right to my door in as fast as one hour. Okay, 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 settle down. I know it's here. Yes, very exciting. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get a free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time, minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks?